Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Balanced Wealth Podcast. My name is Jarrett Topel. Let me start this podcast by saying human beings are not rational, especially when it comes to investing. However, as long as we're willing to acknowledge and understand this, there is a way to take advantage of our flawed brains to likely achieve better long-term investment returns, and more importantly, to have less stress in our lives as we do so. One of the best documented irrational human tendencies, as it pertains to finance, is to partake in what's known as mental accounting. Mental accounting is a behavioral finance concept that illustrates the fact that individuals tend to deal with money very differently depending on how it was received or how it will be spent. These decisions are often totally subjective and arbitrary, and not at all rational, and are oftentimes actually at odds with the individual's true best interests. But people are people, and they certainly are not always rational when it comes to what is best for them. Let me give you a few quick examples of common mental accounting issues. First up, people are generally willing to spend more on a purchase when using a credit card than they are when using cash. In a rational world, this makes absolutely no sense. The price of the good or service is the same either way, and if anything, the credit card is likely to be more expensive if you don't pay the balance every month. However, for some behavioral reason, individuals feel very different about how they spend each of these sources of money. Another example of mental accounting is when someone buys a five-year CD from the bank that earns 3% per year while paying 18% per year on their credit card debt. Well, this obviously makes no rational sense. You're losing 15% a year on the deal. However, it's how many people actually handle their finances. They look at the debt as one thing and the CD as another completely unrelated item, when in reality they are both part of the same equation. After all, your net worth is simply the sum of your assets minus your liabilities. They can't be separated on the balance sheet, only in the mind. A third example of mental accounting is the well-documented fact that people are more likely to spend their tax refunds on frivolous items than they are with money from their regular paychecks or savings. What are these people thinking? All money is money, right? So why should the origin of the money make any difference in how it's spent? But for some reason, it very much does. Now, if you read the research on mental accounting, you'll see that it's almost always portrayed as a negative concept, as something that is or will be detrimental to your overall financial well-being, something to try to be avoided at all costs. And in most circumstances, I agree. However, working with real-life clients, not necessarily rational ones, but real ones, over the years I found one way that mental accounting can actually be used for the good of the investor. I believe that if we can understand and accept that we're not rational and that we're prone to mental accounting, we can take advantage of our own flawed minds. When people invest their assets, they generally do so with just one overriding portfolio allocation. They may they may be aggressive or conservative or somewhere in between, but there's just one overall portfolio allocation. This is the most common practice and has been for generations. However, this one portfolio approach can, and often does, lead an investor to make either short-term knee-jerk mistakes with their long-term investment dollars, 
or alternately to make unwise long-term decisions for a portfolio that will never really be invested for the long term. As we know, the key to investment success is staying invested for the long run. However, most investors fail to do so. So here's a way to use our own flawed judgment or mental accounting to our advantage to change the outcome. I like to call this strategy the three little pigs. In order to accept and take advantage of our natural tendency to be irrational and practice mental accounting, I recommend you set up separate portfolios with separate allocations for your various time-based goals. For most people, this would consist of at least three separate and distinct portfolios, or let's call them piggy banks. With this tiered and segmented approach, people feel more secure and are better able to handle market volatility without making bad, emotion-based decisions along the way. Because they have a separate and distinct plan and a separate and distinct portfolio for each of their separate and distinct time-based goals, they're much less likely to make short-term irrational moves with their long-term dollars or to make ill-advised long-term investment decisions with their short- or mid-term portfolios. Having separate mental accounting for separate time frames and goals allows people to make separate and hopefully more rational portfolio decisions. Here's how this strategy would work in practice. First, you set up piggy bank number one for your cash reserves and short-term needs. You start by filling your first portfolio, piggy bank number one, with assets that are likely to be needed in the next year or two. This would generally be your cash reserve position, plus any money you know you will need for near-term expenses, such as a new roof for the house later this year, or funding your child's wedding next summer, or whatever. Also, if you're already in retirement and need to take money from your portfolio in the next two years to subsidize your income, this is where those dollars would reside as well. The money in piggy bank number one will be placed into very secure investments that are unaffected by market movements. Generally speaking, these are bank accounts, money markets, and very short-term CDs. In this piggy bank, you're sacrificing yield and potential growth for security and peace of mind. Next up is piggy bank number two. Piggy bank number two will be filled with dollars you know you're likely to need to access in the midterm, which I generally define as in the three to seven year range. Again, these dollars may be for the supplemental retirement income you need during this time frame, or for the wedding or the new roof that it's slightly further down the line. This portfolio will be invested more aggressively than piggy bank number one because you have more time until you need to access these dollars, but it'll still be relatively conservative as compared to piggy bank number three. And finally, you have piggy bank number three. Piggy bank number three will be filled with the remaining dollars not used for piggy banks number one and two and will hopefully not be accessed for many years or possibly even ever in your lifetime. This portfolio will be invested more aggressively than the two piggy banks discussed before. Because you know you have many years until you will need to access these dollars, and you have time to let the portfolio rise and fall with the markets, you're more likely to stay invested for the long term as planned and let the long term positive statistics of investing work to your benefit. Now, if you're a rational person, you may say to yourself, great, I have three piggy banks, but at the end of the day, my portfolio is really just the combined allocations of these three buckets. And to this rare and rational investor, I would say, yes, you are absolutely right. 
Having different baskets of money does not actually change the risk characteristics of your overall portfolio, but it is very likely to change your irrational behavior during the inevitable ups and downs of the market. To be clear, this is a purely behavioral strategy, not at all a statistical one. But then again, if you're like most, you're probably more of a behavioral person than a statistical one anyway. Here's an example of how and why the three little piggy strategy works. Let's say you go the traditional route and have all of your money invested in a moderate, aggressive, or aggressive portfolio allocation. Then the market has one of its nasty 20%, 30%, or even larger drops. The news reports of the death of investing are sensational and all the pundits are yelling to run for cover. This person with the traditional one portfolio allocation is much more likely to make a knee-jerk, short-term emotional move with their entire portfolio than someone who has the three piggy bank strategy to rely on. On the other hand, the investor with the three piggy banks is less likely to make irrational moves with their long-term dollars as they're confident that they have the protection and assets they need for the short and midterm and have plenty of time to let their long-term portfolio, piggy bank number three, recover and take advantage of the downturns along the way. In the past, I've tended to veer more to the statistical side of things and less to the emotional and behavioral. As such, I haven't implemented the three little pigs method for all of my clients. However, the longer I work in the finance and investment world with real and often emotional people, and the more I come to understand human behavior, the more I'm considering or implementing this strategy. For new clients, this is something we will definitely be discussing. And for clients who are feeling a little nervous about their portfolio and would like some behavioral coaching and comfort, this is something we will likely be discussing at coming meetings as well. Opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. This program should not be construed as financial, legal, or estate planning advice. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital and seek advice from a licensed professional. Topel and Dostasi Wealth Management LLC is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Topel and Dostasi Wealth Management LLC and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Topel and Dostasi Wealth Management LLC unless a client service agreement is in place.